0: This is one of our newest show sponsors. This is a business that was started by Chief Dave Robertson. And really what it all came down to is he knows that getting a fire job or getting promoted for the first time is incredibly hard. It's always a long process. It can be frustrating, and it's it's really incredibly challenging. What's even more challenging is that when you know that you always wanted to be a firefighter and that you would make a great firefighter, or even more so being a great officer or chief, and you just feel like no one will look at your resume or nobody will even give you a chance or take you serious for that promotion. So Chief Dave works really closely with you know, creating just a team of two, the two of y'all. He's all about giving you the commitment that's unmatched towards achieving your your career goals and exactly what you want to do. He will mentor and coach you to help you become the kind of candidate that these fire departments are all looking for and they can't miss. Chief Dave from Fire Edge, he comes with 25 years of fire service experience. Guys, go listen to the episode that I had him on the show. He talks all about it. He's been there and done that and actually earned his stripes in this business. On the business side, he's got thousands of hours of coaching and training, leading, consulting, recruiting, building hiring processes, you know, you name it, and he's done it. Chief Dave, just talking to him, he's all about the one-on-one connection. He's all about customer service, and he really genuinely does care about the fire service as a whole and the next generation of guys that we're bringing into this business for a 30-year career. That all leads to having a strong passion with what you're doing and who you're working with. That's the 100% commitment that Chief Dave has given to me uh, with the Third Alarm Cowboys and what he's given to every single one of you out there across this nation and in Canada that are wanting to get involved in the fire service and that are wanting to make that next step. Truly, it doesn't matter if you are just a recruit that's aspiring to get a fire career job or you're a company officer that's wanting to become a chief or a chief officer that's wanting to move any high, even higher. What you got to do is figure out your why and find your passion that makes you truly love this job. And that's what Chief Dave Robertson is doing with Fire Edge. So, guys, give him a chance. Go look him up. Give him a phone call. He's putting his personal number out there for the Third Alarm Cowboys podcast listeners to give him a call and get your fire career either started and going or moving in the direction in which you want to do. So give Dave a call at 519-384-3072. And that's Fire Edge, career career coaching training and consulting y'all go give him a chance go get to know him he's a great guy go listen to the podcast episode that i had him on that's chief Dave robertson hey guys i'm gonna take a second and tell you all about first line fire service training it's a badass page on facebook i encourage every single one of you to go and follow them dennis is a retired fire chief he's been a huge supporter of our show for since the very beginning He's believed in Third Alarm Cowboys and our mission of making firefighters better. Dennis also has the same mission of being able to train firefighters, make them better. He's using all of his years of experience of 20-plus years plus his military background to offer training ideas. He travels all around the country, speaking at different conferences, trying to help guys get better when it comes to their tactical ability, when it comes to their physical ability, and everything in between. He's really pushing things to the limits, especially for an older guy that's retired. He's still getting up every single day putting his gear on, going out in the driveway, doing crazy-ass workouts that most of us couldn't even handle. He's still getting out there getting it done. He also does a weekly training video on first-line fire service training, offering up every type of uh, tactical and operational skills that he's learned throughout his career through working from other people. One thing that's really impressive to me about Dennis is that he – owns the fact that most of the things that he has learned and sharing are things that he learned from other people, and he's just passing that on. That's something that he and I have in common. He's taking all the information he took from his career and sharing it on to the next generation to make the next generation solid and better firefighters. That's a great mentality to have. He's the kind of guy that people should be listening to when it comes to learning about what to do in the fire service with their career, with their tactics, and with their operations. So, y'all go check them out on Facebook, First Line Fire Service Training LLC. Send Dennis a message that you heard about his business from our show. If you're putting on any kind of training conference, Dennis is the guy that you need to contact. Get him in the door and let him share his knowledge to make the people in your area that are attending the conference better. And just know that i support his business and he supports mine and that's the kind of people that we need in the fire service to make us all better and stronger i'm going to also take a second to tell you all about one of our show sponsors that's norse fire equipment out of north dakota whenever i first started talking about having sponsors for the show i really wanted it to be genuine businesses that are firefighter owned and operated and people that have good business ethics and have a good mission matt Vercota reached out to me from norse fire equipment he and i have spoken and and talked back and forth a little bit got to know each other and he seems to fit that criteria he's a full-time firefighter and founded this company in 2020 to provide a good place for firefighters to be able to get equipment that they needed to be able to do their job and have it at a good price and just good quality equipment instead of some of these places that want to sell you real cheap crap for n- y'all go over to norsefireequipment.com coupon code cowboy five that'll get you five percent off on your online orders all right guys on with the show dispatch to all units this is a third alarm switch to the tac channel Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the TAC Channel. I'm your host, Heath Meredith. This is the Third Alarm Cowboys podcast. This is the podcast for firefighters. We talk about real-life situations, stuff in your station like leadership and promotions, and stuff in your personal life like relationships and finances. You name it, we talk about it. Some things may be a little controversial, but that's real life, and that's what we're going to talk about on this show. All right, guys, welcome back. Welcome back. It has been a minute since I've been sitting here in the hot seat. Actually, right now, that's a lie. It's not even that hot. It actually feels really pretty good, but it's a little bit of rainy and dreary at the house right now. And For those of you that's been listening for a little while, you know that I love to sit out on the porch. That's most of the time where I record these shows is sitting out here and and looking at the pasture, watching the horses and the dogs, and sometimes the the kids screaming out in the yard. So that's where I'm at, guys. Uh, Like I said, it's been a minute. And I'll just explain kind of what's been going on to everybody. So basically, this month, November, we rolled our one-year anniversary of the Third Alarm Cowboys podcast. Um, it's been <laughs> it's been a hell of a journey for this year. A lot of uh, a lot of ups, a lot of downs. I had to learn a lot. Uh, I thought I knew shit about business until I started doing. Doing a real business that involves, you know, e-commerce, uh, selling shit online, and just all that stuff. Had to deal with taxes and everything that uh, that goes along with with running a full-scale business. That's really what I've been been uh, learning over the last year, and I'm really proud to say that we have grown to a level I never thought that we would be. The level of support behind this show nationwide is, is something that I truly. I can't even explain to y'all uh, the amount of listeners we have of this show, the social media following that we have. It's just, it's absolutely mind blowing. Um, I actually tried to record a little show for y'all yesterday, uh, but I was on the road and, and was at the fire station. I couldn't get the sound right through, uh, you know, through the recording. So I had to wait till I got back home and got where I had my mic and everything that I could have set up and my full full scale little uh, studio, if you will. So, uh, guys, as many of you know, those of you that do follow us on social media, I made an amazing, an amazing announcement yesterday that I, it's something that I've been working on for months. I would say probably at least 8 to 10 months. But this is something that I really, I've really i had in my mind. It's something I wanted to do for even longer than that. Um, my wife and I talked about it last night after after I made the, the Facebook announcement and the Instagram announcement and just the amount of <laughs> social media uh explosion that took place uh of our announcement with the third alarm cowboys firefighter cigars uh i really i can't even begin to tell y'all how cool it is to have people literally from all over sharing that commenting tagging people all that good stuff i mean it was it truly i'm i'm still getting just insane notifications on my phone for all of you out there that are sharing and, and liking and everything with that post and, and helping me spread the word. Uh, and I, I looked at my wife and I was talking to her a little bit and I said, you know, I, I had planned on doing this more than a year ago. I got this idea. And as many of you that have been listening to the show for a long time, you know, than the beginning of this podcast and this whole business launch, we had some, some changes that took place. I had to do a name change and, and lost a business partner and just a lot of, of little things and big things kind of took place right there at the very beginning. And some of it was really encouraging. Some of it was really disheartening. Um, you know, it was a, it was a rough period there trying to get this going. But during that process, that was an idea that I had, man. I was like, you know, what's something that firefighters love and enjoy that is something that i can bring to the table that can help bring guys together that can help build real camaraderie it's something that goes along with tradition what's something that i've really enjoyed throughout my career and you know <laughs> many guys know there's a million there's a million coffee brands out there so i wasn't going to touch that you know there's a million firefighter coffee brands that some of them are good some of them i've never tried i don't have a clue whatever uh, but that, that whole market with the whole coffee thing is really, um, you know, that's kind of saturated. So that wasn't an avenue I wanted to go down. And I was like, what's something else that firefighters, you know, enjoy? What's something else that they can do at the stations? Because we can't drink, uh, you know, beer or something like that. So I couldn't really do, you know, a beer line or anything like that. So I was sitting there thinking, I'm like, what is it? What is it? What is it? And I'm like, well, you know, one thing that I always fucking love, one of my the best memories I have, no matter what station I was at. No matter what department I was working at, or volunteering at, or duty crewing at, what's something that was always part of it, and it was always sitting outside in the apparatus bay around a table, or you know, outside on around a picnic table, and the guys hanging out and and uh, you know, smoking cigars, hanging out. Whether it was talking tactics, whether it was talking operations, whether it was some new guy getting their ass lined out of how shit was going to be, um, those conversations uh, coming in as the as a new guy. We sat out there, you know, we had rolled our little chairs, we rolled the office chairs out on the uh, on the apron of the station that I was working at and everybody sat out there. Well, as a new guy, I was standing, but um, you know, the guys would all be sitting in a circle and I'm listening to them, whether it was the the old heads and I'm just listening to their words of advice or their eschewings or whatever, all the way to now where I'm one of the senior guys and I'm part of the conversation or I'm giving advice in the conversation and taking part, but one big tradition and at a lot of stations it was already in existence was smoking cigars I've talked about that before on this show That was something that A lot of the older guys You know, really encourage You get back from a fire and get everything cleaned up Back in service Everybody takes their showers and stuff And then that night before We go to bed or whatever You know, we're out there burning one And laughing and cutting up And talking about who fell down Or, um, you know, which asshole From another department Pulled some bullshit off our truck That we didn't want pulled off And we had to end up cleaning up You know, all those conversations uh, That a lot of you <laughs> that... Uh, are at departments that burn that shit. That's you know it's talked about. We're clowning on. Uh, well, such and such fell down, or um, did you see that hose whooping such such that whatever y'all know how it is. It's it's just fun times and it's it's clowning and that's really how we handle a lot of the shit that we see, the shit that we do. You know, mental health is a is a hot subject right now in the fire service, first responders, military, all that, and that's one of the things that's honestly missing. A lot of departments have taken away the outside table. They've taken away that outside, hanging out, sitting in the apparatus bay on the tailboard of the truck or whatever it is. They've taken that away, whether it was through policies or just taking away the camaraderie. That's a missing thing. It's so many fucking departments. I've walked in at several stations or several departments throughout my career that That was not in existence. That's not something the guys did. They never even heard of that. A lot of times it was new guys that had come in, and that was not something that was passed down because that department was – I've worked for a lot of ESD departments in Texas. I say a lot. The few departments I worked for, they were ESDs. So most of the guys working there are new. They're straight out of the academy, or they may have a year or two in, but it's working at that department. So that tradition has not been established. So they just don't know that's something that at older city departments – is a thing, so that goes along with a little bit of that education and bringing tradition from other places, bringing it there. So you know, we go find a table, or we go buy a table, or we look around the department and see what office chairs are, you know, not not the best for being inside, and we can get away with taking them outside. You know, whether they're a little worn out or they're not working right or whatever, we take that outside. Or uh, like I said, we go buy a table or ask somebody to donate a table or whatever it is. I know that I've seen some badass setups at some of these stations where guys actually have couches and shit outside um my department one of the stations has some outdoor couches that are set up outside around like a memorabilia area and it is fucking awesome Um, it's a it's a really badass setup and i know the guys spend a shitload of time out there that's basically their living room i mean they have a good uh day room but they spend more time outside because that's just us we're blue collar uh, hardworking firefighters and we'd rather be outside. We'd rather be enjoying the air, looking at the trucks, talking shit. You know, that's, that's our personality. We're not meant to be in fucking cubicles, guys. We're not meant to be white collar, um, office workers. That's just not our thing. That's not the fire service. That's why most of us, 99% of us in this business do it because every day is different. Every, every call you run is different. um, The responsibilities of the job change daily and our environment changes daily. We don't want to go and be in an office set up walking down a hallway talking at the coffee pot or the fucking um, water fountain. That's not what we want to do. We want to be outside. We want to spend time together. We want to talk shit. We want to work our asses off and get sweaty and get tired and go to bed and go home and enjoy our family time and come back and do it all over again. That is the fucking fire service. And I don't care how long we go into this business and into this culture that's being pushed through corporate America, that aspect of the fire service will always be there. Until they replace us with robots, you will always have to have the guys that are getting sweaty, getting fucking nasty, talking shit, being strong physically and mentally and emotionally. You will always have to have that. And so many departments, I see that they're, they're honestly trying to take that away. So my idea, as y'all all know from the beginning of this podcast, was to try to try to correct that culture. Try to bring back the real brotherhood of the fire service in the sense of. What do we have to do to make guys understand how things are supposed to be? How this career has been able to be one of the oldest truly paid def- uh, professions in the United States. That's what you guys don't realize. Firefighters have been around a long fucking time. Firefighters have been around a lot longer than most of your fucking jobs that you see. They damn sure have been around a lot longer than fucking computer jobs. They've been around a lot longer than all this other shit that's now invading the fire service and pushing their will upon us and that's exactly what's happening but the reality is is that the danger and the fucking need for the guys that will risk their life to take care of the community to take care of each other you can't take that away you can't take that away with anything so what we've got to do and what i have been trying to do with this podcast is to make people understand that make guys see the cold hard truth and accept it that's just where we're at that is what the fire service has always been and will always be you can dress it up however the fuck you want to but that is still our responsibility in this job so my thought with the cigars was just bottom line is hey let's do something fucking cool Let's make something ours let's make something that I can provide to firefighters to one be just fucking fun and something that we enjoy to do but something that they can we can also use as a tool to bring back that camaraderie to bring back uh, bring back that brotherhood and just make it where it's a product that aligns with what we believe in bottom line that's that's where we're at so. Uh, for those of you that are you know, not on social media and everything, this is the deal. I've launched a uh, Firefighter Cigar. It's available nationwide. Uh, I partnered with one of the best cigar companies, hands down, in the fucking world. They've won awards all over the world for best cigar. Uh, it's the one of the only um, truly hand-rolled cigar companies left there's no machine packing no machine rolling see what you guys don't most people don't understand and what i've learned throughout this process of getting everything going is that most of the companies out there are doing machine rolling or machine packing and then they do a hand roll wrap so the last outside two or three layers is hand rolled they mark to y'all as a hand rolled cigar but it's truly just it's it's done with a machine all the inner shit is done with the machine and the thing is is that's why it burns different uh that's something that i whenever i was going through i learned that these truly hand-rolled cigars they burn different when you light them they burn different they have a different drag on them for those of you that do smoke cigars and stuff you understand what i'm talking about they when you light them they're easy to light they they stay lit you're not having to relight them all the time and all that good stuff another great thing about pain mason cigars is there is zero chemical drying um Most companies out there in the United States today, due to their um, demand, if you will, and their inability to have the proper setup in their infrastructure, most of them are having to accelerate the process of the tobacco drying. So, What that means is, if you smoke a cigar and you have that bad aftertaste where you feel like you need to go wash your mouth out with Listerine or brush your teeth, after even like an hour, and the taste is still there, it's on your tongue, you taste on that palate, and it's just that, that shitty aftertaste, even on some of your really expensive cigars, that's because they use chemical drying to age the tobacco quicker, and they use the chemicals to make the tobacco look darker. So the darker your cigar, the more aged the tobacco leaves are supposed to be. That's just the science behind it. Well, what they're doing now at a lot of these major companies out there that you buy, you know, typical store, tobacco, or cigar stores, cigar shops... They use chemicals to dry the tobacco out quicker and to make it look darker. So that's where you get that bad aftertaste. These cigars, when I originally started talking to Bob Payne, he was telling me, he's like, man, the thing is about these, you're going to know right off. You don't get that bad taste in your mouth. And he explained that whole process, whatever. And after I, I did my sampling and all that good stuff, and I'm like, holy shit, this shit is true. Like, you don't have the bad palate. You don't feel like you need to brush your teeth after you smoke the cigar like the the smoke smell that clings to you just leaves. The bad taste is not there. Uh, it's just a really, really, really high quality uh, cigar and experience. I, I just I can't even explain it to you all. But what that also means and the reason why that's all so important and what's so cool to me about all this is... Pain Mesa cigars. For those of you that that do smoke cigars, you you've heard of them. Um, they're partnered with some of them, the biggest luxury car companies: Lamborghini, Maserati, Ferraris, Bentley, all those major car companies. They partner with them. So what that means is, you know, when they have um, cigars at their events and all that kind of stuff, these are the cigars that the people that own those uh, <laughs> vehicles and everything are smoking. Um, he's also partnering with all of the major casinos and resorts in Vegas, and uh, just really, you know, beach um, resorts and all that stuff. You can, I mean, you can go to the website and see all their different partners. It's truly phenomenal what they've done, and some major professional sports teams and associations they're partnering with. So the fact that Third Alarm Cowboys are also now partners with that that puts us in in a in a level of companies. That's truly remarkable to me. Um, Bob Payne, when I spoke with him, we talked. We went back and forth a good while, kind of getting to know each other, seeing what I was doing with my business. He explained to me what they're doing. I mean, they're well established. He's been in the cigar business for over 25 years. So there was a lot of, you know, I wouldn't say negotiation because it wasn't a money thing. It was just wanting to make sure that everything is aligned and we believe in each other's business models and what we're trying to do and all that stuff. And, man, they came to me with open arms. They were completely believed in what we're doing for the fire service and for the you know the families of the fire service and just what our mission is with the Third Alarm Cowboys and they align with it completely, and so here we are. Um, lots of work had to get the graphics nailed down, guys. I can't even tell y'all how badass these bands are on the cigars. They took my logo of the you know the skull the cowboy hat and the mic. They took that, they converted it, and made it into all the shit that you got to do. I'm not a graphic designer, so I can't even begin to tell you, but they made it badass. When you you, when you unwrap this cigar out of its packaging, and you sit and you can feel the wrap. Man, the wrapper is like 3D. You can feel it. You can feel the skull. The details on it are insane. I mean, I'm I'm just so fucking proud, y'all. It is it's truly remarkable what they've done and creating an amazing product for me and to represent this brand of the third alarm cowboys they've made it um so i mean it's a (laughs) it is a very 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 high quality cigar very high quality um everything everything about it and i know a shitload of you because they've been uh, pain mason's been in touch with me today they're already seeing all the sales on the back end they were like holy shit this is blowing up so you guys know uh if i'm attaching myself to it as a company as a business if i'm you know, aligning with them, then then they're the real deal. That's uh, that's just bottom line. I'm not going to do business with with bad folks, and they're not going to do business with bad folks. So we have created a badass cigar line for firefighters. The rank structure in the fire department, I brought to this. So this was another really cool thing. Is I picked out the cigars, I picked out the boldness of the tobaccos, and what we've done with them is made them where they're firefighter structured. So. Um, they're, struck, they're from you know mild to bold tobacco, and it's strictly off a of firefighter rank. So if you need to know kind of what you, if you're not a big cigar smoker and you don't know what you exactly like, well then you could start off with the with a mild tobacco, the blonde tobacco, which is the firefighter, and we have an engine operator, which is a medium, the captain, which is a mix of the two. And the reason why I did that, a lot of you will appreciate this. You know those of you that have been in that officer seat, you understand that you have to be a mixture of admin and still being an online personnel you know you still got to be one of the guys so i went with the barber stripe mixed cigar that's uh, a little bit of both you have your dark tobacco and your light tobacco and it's mixed and you have a really really good flavor that's honestly my favorite one and i did that on purpose i chose that on purpose and i thought that that was really cool maybe a little bit corny but it's fucking cool to me uh and then of course your bold tobacco is the chief so those of you that uh you old salty dogs that like to sit there and chew on your cigars and can handle the bold flavor, then by all means order you up a, a, a chief and and enjoy it. So that's where we're at with uh with the cigars. I told y'all I had some really big shit coming and I was waiting on the announcement and waiting on the announcement, and I really wanted to do it on our one-year anniversary of this. That's kind of my timeline where I've been planning and wanting to do, and and we accomplished it. And that's something that's so amazing to me. It really is amazing when you set your mind out to some shit, how you can really get it done. Um, and so I'm proud. I'm very proud. Um, I'm also insanely thankful for all of you. I mean, I even had some, some chiefs from Houston Fire Department that I know of them and they know of me and I have the utmost respect for them, but, you know, we're not personal friends or anything. I just, they're, they're amazing individuals, worked around them, but, um, just don't know them on a personal level, and they were even sharing the post and telling people to go buy it. So it's it's so fucking cool, and that's exactly what I wanted out of uh, out of this. That's exactly the brotherhood and the camaraderie that I want to be generated from these cigars. And y'all guys, go in and enjoy them. You know, sit on uh, on the tailboard. or hopefully your department doesn't have a insane tobacco policy and doesn't allow y'all to uh, smoke at all. If not, then I'm sorry. Um, I got something else coming up for y'all in the future, but um, I can't talk about that yet because I'm a long ways away from it. But I have a lot more ideas of shit that's coming of things for firefighters. Um, you know, that's owned by firefighters. That's one thing. Uh, another deal of that I wanted to do from this is I have partnered with um, you know firefighter-owned companies. That's who's sponsoring this show. And they've been great to me. The sponsors have been great. We've got some chiefs. we got some firefighters. They're running different businesses. Lots of different business models and stuff. And all these guys are, are helping support me. And that's just really what it's all about. And so y'all go show our sponsors some love. Absolutely. Um, I'm just going to throw that in there. So that's where we're at, guys. Uh, thank you all for an amazing year. Thank you all for for just all the support. For the messages, I, I got several messages this this last two weeks that I haven't had a show out from guys like, "Hey, is everything good? You know, we haven't seen a show in November yet. Is everything okay? Uh, you know, you, are you you still doing the show? Everything checking in? Basically, I'm like, yes, you know, absolutely. I just honestly, guys, I've been having a balance. Of course, y'all know I got the new job. I've also been working a shitload at the part time to. Um, really stack some cash going into the holidays and we also just kicked off rodeo season with the girls and that's where i've been on the weekends is handling that or working to pay for that uh rodeo ain't cheap so that's just the reality of it i told y'all from day one i'm just like y'all i'm not some rich trust fund kid that has an unlimited bank account i am just like y'all even though you know i live on a beautiful place that that has been in my family for over 100 years and i'm proud of that it still costs a shitload for my brother and I to keep this place up, and of course our wives help contribute to that, and and it's just all in our responsibility. Um, it's something that we have to do, and and with that comes a lot of time of the upkeep and a lot of money of the upkeep. So I'm no different than y'all when it comes to I gotta pay bills. So I'm I'm right there with y'all, and so whenever time comes that shit get a little gets a little tight, well guess what I'm working some overtime too. So. When I talk to y'all and I give y'all the advice of the things, of the do's and don't do's, of the hard lessons that I've learned, it's honestly because I live them. I don't read the shit in a book. I'm not listening to other people on it. It's hard, hard hard-ass fucking lessons that I learned myself, and I want to share, whether it's fire service stuff or financial stuff or relationship stuff, that's just really where I'm at. That's where I started this show doing, and that's where I'm going to continue uh, with the show, and we're going to continue on doing that, so... Alright guys, well enough with the announcements, uh, I'm going to roll on with this show, I've been fired the fuck up for the last two weeks trying to bite my tongue and not jump out here and put out, I mean I have probably four shows in my head of shit that I'm wanting to do, talk shit that I'm wanting to hit home, shit that I'm wanting to talk about, and I know a lot of y'all are hungry, I got your messages, you want to know, one more thing on that, one more thing on the messages I got this week, I had a couple of you message me, two of you to be exact telling me that y'all have decided after listening to this show for the last several months, whatever it is, your timeline, just basically after listening to this show, y'all have felt the need and you you have developed the desire to promote. You have felt the desire to put yourself in that officer position, which is not something that you ever wanted to do. You didn't want to get mixed up in the politics. You didn't think that you were worthy. You didn't think that you were ready. But you feel the need that somebody that believes in taking care of the crew, that believes in taking care of the community, y'all are now have put your name in and you're, you know, take going through the process to take on that promotional exam and to take on that promotional process. Guys, I gotta tell y'all that the fact that this show has done that for y'all and made y'all realize that we need good people in those officer seats and we need good people in those chief seats. That's what this show is all about. Guys for fucking 20 years of my life even before I got into the fire service. All I heard from the badass firemen that worked, you know, around my dad that I grew up with, I went to fire academy that were instructors, all I heard from those guys that were the true mentors in the true leadership of the fire department is that they didn't want to promote cuz they didn't want to deal with the politics. They couldn't handle the politics. Well, guess what? that 20 years of those badass motherfuckers not taking those captain's tests and not taking those chief's tests opened the door for exactly what the fuck we're dealing with today. And that's just the fucking bottom line. You ain't got to like it, but you damn sure going to fucking choke on it and realize. The reality is when badass firefighters, firefighters, don't step up and take those promotions... You open the door for the fucking slugs and the fucking pieces of shit that want to play games with people's careers and all that matters to them is power. You allow them to take the fucking seat. And that's exactly what we've dealt with. That's what we're all dealing with. The nationwide crisis right now in the fire services leadership. That's what everybody's fucking talking about. That's the hot topic That every seminar, every fucking book, every fucking podcast, that's what everybody's talking about. And guys, the reason why is because of that. So for those of you that are now putting yourself in that position to have to go combat that, to have to go and get involved with those politics because you see what the fucking problem is, and now you're willing to go in there and try to fix it. You're willing to go in there and bet your career, to get uncomfortable because you want to go make that difference, and that all came from this show, guys, fucking thank you. That I can't even tell y'all how damn special that is. I can't fucking tell you how special that is. And every single one of you listeners out there, y'all need to be thankful for those two men that messaged me. Y'all need to be thankful that guys are starting to get it they're starting to fucking listen and there's st- it we're we're making a difference we are making the move so that's what i want to share on that and and just completely genuinely thank you guys from the bottom of my heart that's what i wanted to do with this show and i'm glad that we are getting headway i'm sure there's a bunch of you others out there that you know haven't messaged me or you're in the middle of it or whatever just know that that is exactly what the fuck we need we need good firemen promoting we need people that care with good morals that give a shit promoting and that's exactly what i'm going to talk about on this show all right guys y'all better buckle the fuck up is all i can tell you we're going to talk about the game of thrones of the fucking fire department because that's exactly what the hell we've turned into over the last year, as you all know, I get message after message after message from people from all over the damn all over the world, all over the country of people telling me their stories, telling me what they're going through. And, you know, <laughs> to be completely frank, I thought it was kind of a regional problem of as to where I worked. I thought it was a little bit of a problem of the area that I had most of my career in just because of the rapid development of paid fire departments and just all the transitions going from the the volunteer days into the paid days and some of the old administration still getting to retain their jobs even though they weren't fucking certified, but they've been there 35 years and all that bullshit. I really thought that that was something that was really just my area dealt with around the Houston, Texas area. I thought that that was the case. So I started this podcast really just trying to expose some of those issues try to give some encouraging words to the guys and girls that i knew all around and man this shit took off as you know and with that i get all the messages from y'all of some of the exact same fucking problems happening on the east coast happening on the west Coast, happening in the midwest all the way up to fucking michigan i've never even been to damn michigan This shit's happening everywhere. And bottom line, what it fucking comes down to is the fire department has turned into the fucking Game of Thrones. We got dudes that have no damn business ruling the fucking roost. We have people that have never even fought fire sitting in that damn cheese spot. We have people that... Can't even spell firefighter, and yet they want to tell you how to fucking live your life and want to tell you what the fuck you're going to do and how you're going to fucking operate and what the community needs. And that's exactly where we developed. I've had several chiefs on here that have all traveled across the country. Some of them have worked in multiple chief spots across the country, and guys are saying the same shit. So that's exactly what we're going to talk about on here, but I'm going to hit you hard right in the fucking mouth. Because where a lot of the problems start is with a lot of you. That's the reality. I've dealt with it. I've done it. And every single fucking one of you are doing exactly what some of this shit that I'm about to talk about are doing. And the reality is, is you want to sit here and bitch about what this chief's doing and what that chief's doing. And you're doing the same fucking shit, except for you're in the captain spot or you're in the district chief spot or you're in that fucking EO spot and you have a little bit of leadership and you're using it and you're playing games and and you're conspiring, and you're cheating, and you're trying to manipulate people so that you can move up to that next fucking spot. That, guess what? You don't fucking deserve. So how the fuck y'all like that? That's the reality of what we're dealing with. And I'm going to tell y'all some stories today as to why exactly I fucking feel that way, and where exactly the fuck you're headed for. As all of you know, I sat in that captain seat for almost eight years. I worked at some departments that ran, that burned, and I worked as a captain for two years in the plants, where it was mostly dealing with the paperwork, mostly dealing with the administrative shit, policies, SOGs, um, hazmat response plans, uh, incident action plans, having to do all that administrative side of bullshit. And so I can honestly tell you all that I've seen most aspects of what it is to be an officer sitting in that fucking seat. Uh, There's some things that I haven't done, On a large scale But overall I can tell you exactly what the fuck it feels like Sitting in that chair I can tell you exactly what you need to be doing When you're sitting in that chair I've been successful and I've fucked up I've done both Uh, And the beauty about What I've been able to do in the last year Of doing this show Is being able to learn, look back, reflect And really understand a lot of the decisions that I made And where exactly they fucking made me end up And I can tell you This is where I am ended up I am now three months into a rookie year of being a rookie firefighter all over again. Now, that was my choice. I will honestly say that. Yes, I could go jump in at another ESD department as a fucking captain. I've got the time in. I've got the experience in. And I've got the reputation. Yes, I could fucking go do that. However, when you draw a line in the sand with your family, with with what you're willing to accept, not accept, the games you're willing to play, the shit that you're not willing to do anymore... And I want to enjoy the fucking job again. I want to have the joy of this job. That's that. Y'all go back and listen to the Stealing the Joy episode. I talk about that. I talk about the consequences of my fucking actions over the last several years and where it fucking ended up taking me to and what it did to me with this job. And what most of you sitting out there, whether you're in a firefighter rank or not, most of you need to realize if you haven't already that there is consequences to every fucking decision that you make. There absolutely is. Good or bad, there's still consequences. And that's okay. That's the fact of being able to have a choice of doing things. There's going to be, you know, cause and effect on every fucking thing that you do. But whenever your choices affect other people in the capacity that they do in the fire service, then there's a whole lot more to it than just you, you deciding to do whatever, wear whatever color fucking clothes or some shit, something that doesn't affect other people. The reality to this business is the decisions that we make affect lives. Whether it's on scene in an emergency situation, the decisions that you make can save someone's life or kill someone. That's a reality. Another reality is the decisions that you make, whether it's on paper Whether it's in the station, you also affect someone because you affect them when they go home. You affect their fucking family. You affect their children. So every single thing that you do matters. Every single decision that you make matters. And if those decisions are strictly so that you can try to promote yourself or so that you can position yourself in a better spot for that next promotion then, my friend, you are playing the Game of fucking Thrones. And I know 90% of y'all out there watched that damn show. We had amazing fucking warriors getting damn killed. You had wormy pieces of shit that could not none of us stand on the show finagling and scheming their fucking way so that they could try to get a, a crown that flat ass they didn't fucking deserve. Every single one of you hated those characters. But guess what? In the fire department the realm of the fire department, you're doing the same fucking thing. You're scheming. You're buddying up with this fucking person and buddying up with that fucking person, thinking that it's going to fucking get you a job that, sorry, you don't fucking deserve. Because if you deserved it, you'd fucking have it. And I'm going to tell you another aspect of that shit. If you truly deserve that position that you're sitting in, if you're a chief and you, you think that you deserve that position, why the fuck are you scared of that job? Why the fuck are you scared to make a damn choice? And you think that it'll cost you to lose your job? How many of us have heard this shit? Well, I know what what's going on is wrong, but you know I just I can't say anything because I can't put my job in jeopardy cuz I got a wife and kids and a house note and all that shit. Every fucking one of us, including myself, have heard that same song and dance from every rank in the fire department, from the day one fucking rookie all the way up to the chief in the top spot. Every one of us have heard that from all of it. Well, I you know, I, I just can't say anything. Well, who the fuck do y'all think is going to say something? Y'all think this shit just magically happens? You think that just the uh, William Wallace of the fire department is just going to come and fucking get quartered and beheaded for you? Because you're too chicken shit to say even a simple little thing. Guys, I heard a fucking story. Holy shit. Here we go. I heard a fucking story this week okay, from a department that I used to fucking work at and I don't give a shit. I know that there's a lot of y'all that listen to this show and I'm about to hurt your fucking feelings. This is the reality. That department just went through a massive hostile takeover booting the old volunteer regime of administration out because let's face it, y'all heard me talk about this department on the show before. They're bringing in millions and millions and millions of dollars of tax money a year throughout their ESD and the fucking station the shower for the guys to shower is still out in the apparatus bay they haven't bought new gear they haven't bought new trucks the equipment is held they the equipment i've been gone from that department over eight fucking years and they haven't bought a new piece of equipment since then so the money somewhere i was screaming about the shit 10 fucking years ago i was screaming to the top of my fucking lungs about the shit to the guys like hey guys i can fucking count I can see the tax roll. These dudes are bringing in millions of fucking dollars, and it's disappearing. And they're not buying shit with us. We can't staff what we got, so they can't blame it on the fucking payroll. We're not getting new equipment. We had 16 firefighters out of a two-station staff department that didn't have fucking gear. So they weren't buying that shit. Guess what, motherfuckers? It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out what's going on. When there's a whole damn driveway at the administration office of brand new flight cars for all the chief staff and their fucking kinfolk that's a district chief and all this shit, it does not take a rocket scientist to figure that out. But I was the only one, and all you motherfuckers that were sitting here, well, somebody's got to do something, somebody's got to do something. We start a fucking union, and I'm sitting over there as the damn you know the union president to be, and all I got to do is have the guys fucking stand behind me, and I will do this shit. I had the fucking news media lined up. We were going to expose the fucking corruption that now, almost 10 years later, there's... Forensic fucking auditors and fucking lawyers and all this shit involved consultants and everything. And guess what? They're going back, going through the books, and they're fucking screaming, Oh my God, all this money's missing. We need to look into this. We need to look into that. How can we have been paying all these taxes? And The fire department is in such bad shape. Why? Because nobody would say a motherfucking thing for the last 10 years. I sat there and was willing to jump on that grenade. I had it lined up for the news media to come do a damn interview with me. And I'll be damned. Every single son of a bitch that worked in them damn stations were like, yeah, we're behind you, we're behind you. I said, okay, this is what I need, guys. I got the news showing up. We're going to stand here. I'm going to explain the concerns. We're not going in making accusations. We're not going in and you know getting ourselves in a bind on a bunch of shit. We're just going to say the cold, hard fucking facts. We don't have the proper equipment that we need. We don't have the proper staffing that we need. We had this issue and that issue. We're fucking showering at a station that the shower is outside in the engine bay and doesn't have a fucking water heater. So you take cold-ass showers. Guys, we would have to put a space heater out underneath the little fucking uh, shower curtain and warm it up during the wintertime when it'd be cold as shit outside. You'd warm up the, the curtain and jump in there and take a cold fucking shower and try to make it like less than a damn two minute shower so you're taking jailhouse showers at the fucking station but their fucking tax roll at that time they're bringing in like 5.5 or 6 million fucking dollars with two stations that are paid for and apparatus that were paid for where's the fucking money? that does not take a fucking mathematician to figure that shit out What does it take to build a proper station and supply proper fucking equipment? Now, I'm getting off on a fucking tangent here, but bottom line is, when I needed those guys to stand up and just fucking stand there, not open their mouth and say nothing, just fucking stand there to show that the employees of this department were all concerned. You know what every single fucking person told me? Oh, man, I, I got a wife and kids and I got bills, man. I'm living check to check. I can't afford to lose this job. And guess what? They have went through fucking hell for the last 10 years, lost 100% turnover of their employees and everything else, and every single one of those guys are sitting over here. Well, now they've had a hostile takeover, the ESD's finally gotten in and realizing shit, they got some new people on the board and and all the political shit that takes place as many of you have, you know, fucking dealt with in your in your careers or whatever. Hands change, people get on the board that can actually fucking count and know something about the fire service. I think they have a couple retired firefighters on there, and they're like, yo, this is what we're paying this fucking ESD tax, and this is what the stations look like? Let's dig into more. So they dug in for the last year, found all kinds of crazy shit. All I'm seeing is articles all over Facebook that keep popping up, keep popping up, and I'm like, hey, you know, yeah, no fucking shit. Well, They've now appointed an interim chief, whatever. And I heard this story, and I'm you know, i probably going to get somebody in trouble, but here it is, whatever. I, the, the fact of the matter is y'all need to hear the shit. And for those of you that fucking work there, and if you want to come after somebody because of what I'm about to say, just know that you're the guilty fucking party because I ain't named your fucking ass. And if you go after anybody, I can fucking name, and we can go ahead and get involved in some more of this shit. That's just how I feel about it. I said from the beginning of this show, I won't name drop departments, I won't name drop chiefs, I won't name drop officers. But if you feel fucking guilty, that's your problem, not mine. You are the guilty party. So here's the reality The ESD puts an interim chief in that's been there forever, blah, 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 blah. Well, guess what? He doesn't have the experience or the knowledge to be in a fucking chief spot. I worked with him, I know him. He was a good officer. He was a good firefighter, but there's a big damn difference in a learning curve to go from that spot to being the head fucking chief, and he's been appointed and been put into that spot over the last year because of lack of options because they had to get rid of all this other. So now what's happening is is because the, the hostile takeover has t- has happened. They're now rolling under a new name, new whatever's and all this shit. Well, the reality is is that individual is in over his fucking head. So what happens when guys get in over their head? They start nitpicking on you. They start nitpicking on the people below them. So it there was a, there's you know fucking little issues that that honestly don't amount to dog shit whenever you've just done a massive changeover like that. When you have just basically played Yahtzee with a department and their personnel. You have everything happening in your district. Massive development. Apartment complexes. uh, Big box stores. Major thoroughfare changes of the highways. All these different things operationally that you need to be focused on now that you're in that position. And you're nitpicking worried about some fucking shirts. You're nitpicking worrying about why are the guys not wearing this color fucking shirt. Why are they not... W- Dude, really? That's what the fuck... If you want them wearing a certain kind of fucking shirt or a certain color of fucking shirt, go buy the motherfucker. How about that? Quit acting like the people that you worked for in the past that didn't know shit about their job, so they had to pick on dumb shit. Quit acting like those individuals. Because all you're showing to the people that actually have some sort of a fucking brain is that you're incompetent in your fucking position. That's all you're showing. You're showing that all you know, you're not focused on the all the massive changes operationally and developments and, and all this actual shit that matters. All you're worried is about, well, this employee, they're wearing a fucking hat that I didn't approve. They're wearing a, a undershirt that I didn't approve. Dude, get fucking real. That is Mickey Mouse fucking game of thrones nitpicking shit that you're using to try to deflect the actual problems that you're in over your fucking head you're playing the damn magician game saying oh no look over here we got all these employees that they're they're out of compliance here and they're out of compliance here and they're not doing this and not doing that uh never mind the fact that dude you are 20 years behind with your fucking apparatus and your operational capability You're understaffed as hell. You have vacant positions that have been vacant for over a fucking year. And you're not worried about any of those shit. You're over here worried about nitpicking. That is exactly where the fire service is at. Nationwide, That is I like to fucking pick on them because that's right in my face and I personally dealt with the fuckery at that place. However, that is the problem at so many places is we literally have people, musicians, whether it's captains whether it's district chiefs battalion chiefs assistant chiefs and fire chiefs all these people hell even eos i'm gonna put eos on blast here too y'all think because you have a title that makes you have the capability to have power over people and i'm here to tell you I've said it from the beginning of this show on multiple episodes and some of you motherfuckers need to hear it again, especially if you're a new listener. That title doesn't mean shit. When you walk out of that station and you're at fucking Walmart, guess what, homie? You're just another motherfucker walking down the aisle and walking across the parking lot. That title does not mean shit. That you are not the fucking emperor of the goddamn world. You are not the fucking king of the fucking world. You are not shit. You're another... Walking, breathing, human being, walking. Going across the parking lot, going to the store, going to eat with your family. You ain't shit. And what people have got to get out of their fucking heads thinking that because you hold a position of quote-unquote authority above a day-one fucking rookie, that that means something. no. What it means is that you have a bigger fucking responsibility to take care of that day one fucking rookie. It means that you have a bigger responsibility to teach that rookie all the way up to that top chief spot. It is your fucking job to make sure that the checks get signed and the money comes in to keep that department operating. That is it. That's fucking it. That is your job. It's not your fucking job to beat people up. It's not your job to remind them how you're the fucking chief shaking your damn collar brass at motherfuckers and shit that is not your fucking job nobody gives a damn I'm here to tell you, when you've been in 30 fucking years and you're retiring and you're out the door, they will replace your ass within 24 fucking hours. Nobody gives a shit. There's somebody in line to take your fucking job right after you. You're not different. You're not fucking special. You need to do your job of taking care of the people next to you and the people below you and the people that are out there signing the fucking checks of their hard-earned damn money that they're going to work 80 hours a fucking week to pay their damn mortgage on their house and to pay these insane fucking taxes that we have in the United States it's your job to take care of them it's not your job to be playing the game of thrones of the fucking fire department now I'm going to tell you exactly where the fuck this this entire route and road takes you and I know this from personal fucking experience from some of my closest friends when you are in a role in a position That you don't fucking deserve. This is exactly where the fuck you're headed. You're going to suffer from anxiety. Because you're going to think that any little fuck up that you have. Is going to cost you your job. So that's going to give you anxiety. Anxiety at that point when you crash from that. And you're over the nerves and the nervousness and all that shit. And you go home. Now you're going to suffer from depression. Because you're going to have hormonal and chemical imbalances in your body because you're living on fucking eggshells all the damn time. Because guess what? You're in over your fucking head. And your body and your subconscious and your fucking brain know that. You're just too damn prideful to fucking accept it. Or you have a problem and want the damn power so you won't accept it. So then you head home and now you've got fucking depression. See, in my opinion, guys, this is the real reality. I'm going to tell y'all. I know that the trauma from what we do, the calls we run, the stress we do from the actual emergencies, I know that that affects people. I'm not saying that it doesn't. But what I will say is 90% of the people in the fire service and first responders that actually are suffering from true mental illness, depression, and anxiety comes from exactly what the hell I'm talking about. You're worried about losing your job because... You either want the fucking power or because you haven't set yourself up financially and you're, you're not in a financial position to be able to safely keep your job regardless of what decisions are made. And to safely keep your shit regardless of what decisions are made. So it's going to cause you anxiety. That's the reality. You're then going to have depression when you crash from all that stuff. You're going to think that people don't like you. And if you're one of these fucking shitbag guys, now I've worked for some guys that, yeah, they were in a little over their head, but they made sure to take care of their crews. They made sure that the people around them were able, and, and this was me. I promoted quickly. I promoted early. There was a lot of shit I was in over my head with when it came to a lot of the aspects of being in that officer spot. I promoted to the officer spot quickly. Yes, I did. But I made sure that the guys on my crew, I did my level fucking best to take care of them. And so I was loved by them and they and and I loved them. So I never felt like I was fucking alone. I never felt resented and hated. So I didn't have to deal with the level of depression that so many of you are out there feeling. You come home and you fucking, you can't enjoy yourself. You come home, you feel like no one out there gives a damn because you are not taking care of the first aspect, which is being secure in your job and knowing that you can, even if you lost that job, you could provide. So it puts that level of stress on you, causes anxiety, now you're at depression. Well, guess what, where you're heading now? Now you're headed down that road towards suicide. And if y'all don't believe me, just fucking go look it up. That's exactly the way that fucking train rolls. We have some future guests that are going to come on this show that we're going to dive deep into this fucking train. Because it's real. And I'm here to tell y'all, this is the fucking diagnosis right here. It is... Simple, but it's hard to swallow. When you're in a position that you're not ready for, or you're in a position for the wrong fucking reasons, and you think at any moment somebody can take it from you, or at any moment you're going to lose it, that causes fucking anxiety. And that's the first fucking step. That is the that is the first level of Mental illness, whatever you want to call it. That's where it starts. And so fucking many of us are riding that train right now. I'm going to tell you another aspect of this. And I'm going to call it mental illness. And it's a different level. That that in itself is one thing. This is another aspect of the fire service that I'm seeing. Guys, I looked it up earlier on City of Houston. You know, you all, every single one of you know that I hold Houston Fire Department in a high regard, worked around them, I've worked my whole career in that area, I hold them in a high regard. So a lot of the the information I kind of look up and stuff like that, I see kind of what they're doing, where they're at, and I'll branch out and go to some of the other big departments and whatnot. However, Houston is one of the largest departments in the nation, so that's who I happen to look up. I know that there's exceptions to some of the things that Houston does. However, so this is the deal. The chief of the Houston Fire Department is in charge of 4,000 men and women and roughly almost 100 stations. That's a large fucking department. His salary, according to the Houston city website, is about 118 to 120,000. Now I'm sure he gets education incentives and blah, blah blah blah. So let's just call it say he he brings home 130, 140,000 a year. I'm sure there's other departments out there, these, you know, a lot wealthier parts of the country, stuff like that. Fire chiefs might be making say up to 200,000. Let's call it fucking 250. 250 at your your most wealthiest department in the United States. If there's some more than that, then bless you whatever. You're not in in the normal level of fire service to me. Uh not anything that I've dealt with. I would say Normal fire chief positions are around $150,000 a year. From my knowledge. Guys, $150,000 a year, I hate to break your fucking heart, is dog shit for money. For what guys are willing to do to people to obtain that $150,000. If you are willing to fuck over everyone And sell yourself out and fuck over your entire workforce of men and women in a department as a chief to make $150,000 a year to keep a mayor happy like at Houston. You know, Fire Chief Pena has... Sold 4,000 fucking souls plus all the retirees from Houston Fire Department. Thousands, thousands and thousands of retirees that are still living. Sell them down the fucking river for $118,000 a year. Why? Because of the power. Because of the position. And guys, I'm here to fucking tell you wholeheartedly how I feel about that. That is a mental fucking illness. That is a level of psychopath in my mind that you are literally willing see a, a psychopath is somebody that has no conscience whenever you you look at they have no, no conscience or um, understanding of a consequence there's no feeling towards consequences with the decisions that they make so the CIA will tell you they openly fucking recruit people that have no problem killing they feel nothing about it it's just a cold death they don't give a shit That's what they fucking recruit. And as you can see, you know, worldwide, (laughs) that's exactly what the fuck they fucking created. But anyway, a psychopath is somebody that has no remorse for the actions that they take as long as they advance themselves. So, I would consider that if you're in the fire service and you're willing to hurt other people's careers, hurt other people's families, to advance yourself to positions that you're not earning credibly or earning honorably, you, my friend, are a fucking psychopath. And guess what? That's a mental fucking illness. So as far as I can see, for a lot of these departments, throughout promotional processes, we've promoted a lot of fucking psychopaths. They have no remorse for what they do to you. They don't give a shit. They don't give a shit if you eat. They don't give a shit if your family and your kids eat. So when you sit over here and you tell me or you sit over here and say to your other crew members as a chief, well, I don't want to say anything because you know I got bills, I got a family, blah, blah, blah. But you're the good guy. You know what's wrong. What's happening is wrong. You know that the decisions and the actions taking place are wrong and they're hurting people but you're not willing to say anything. Then you're being a coward to a fucking psychopath. But we sit over here as a fire service and we say, leadership, leadership, leadership. we got to have great leadership. But we're literally promoting people with a mental fucking illness. Guys, I've made that kind of money in the oil field. That is not that much fucking money. I guess I can understand Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos not giving a fuck. If if you die tomorrow or not from the bullshit that they do because they're worth fucking billions, they don't have to fucking worry about you. But a hundred and fifty thousand dollars, guess what? That's not fucking wealthy. When a truck costs a hundred thousand dollars and a house costs today five hundred thousand, in most of these cities, in these damn neighborhood homes, are anywhere from three to five hundred. A hundred and fifty thousand is fucking borderline poverty in a lot of places. You're still middle class for sure. What little what what part of middle class is even left? You're still right there on the line. You're not fucking getting ahead. That is dog shit for money. That tells me that you wholeheartedly you only care about having the power of that fucking position, and that's a problem. You hear every single person out there, all these major training seminars and all that shit. You know, they'll pay, the people will say all the time. I asked a question the other day on on the Third Alarm Cowboys group page. What do the bugles mean to you? And All of the fucking comments are, they don't mean shit, they don't mean shit, they don't mean shit. What matters is how you treat people, how you're taking care of your crews, you can lead without bugles, blah, 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 blah. all of the fucking answers, and it is wholeheartedly what I fucking expected from most of you, because y'all get it. But guys, the people that we're combating in this fucking fire service, they don't fucking get that. They're making the decisions that affect your life and whether your family fucking eats And all they give a shit about is that fucking power. Because I'm here to tell y'all, they ain't making no damn money. $150,000, I probably drank more than that in my fucking adulthood. Truthfully, that's dog shit for money. I know a lot of you have never earned that kind of money. I'm sorry, I don't mean to be disrespectful when it comes towards that. But I'm here to tell you, by the time you pay fucking taxes, and by the time you pay your truck note on your new F-250, and your wife's driving a new Suburban, and all that fucking bullshit, $150,000 is nothing. It's fucking nothing. And guys will literally, they're selling their brothers and sisters down the fucking road for nothing. Because they want the fucking power. And that's a mental fucking illness. Power, the craving of power, unjust power is a mental fucking illness. You're looking at it. In this damn country right now, we have so many fucking pieces of shit on both sides of the fucking political spectrum that all they care about is the fucking power. They don't give a shit that y'all are paying insane rates at the grocery store. They don't give a shit that they keep fucking taxing us to the point where we're now, by the time you pay your property taxes, your sales taxes, your payroll taxes, all this shit, 75 cents on every fucking dollar that you make is gone. They don't give a shit about any of that because all they care about is they retain the fucking power and they sit up there and they write more laws that help them fucking gain more power. Texas itself, we're one of the most free states in the fucking world and Texas just damn voted and I'm fucking pissed about it so I'm going to fucking say something. Texas just voted to increase the damn mandatory retirement rate for our legislators and judges. So now we get to fucking have more old motherfuckers making the damn decisions, so they can retain power over us, the 30- and 40-year-old power mother. We're the real powerful numbers. You think some fucking 80-year-old that's sitting up there on a damn bench can whip my ass? No, they fucking can't. But he can sit up there with a damn pen and make my life fucking harder, make me have to work more overtime so that I can't see my kids because shit fucking costs so much. That's what they're fucking doing to us. They're doing it to us on the federal level, the state level, the fucking local level, and they're doing it at your damn fire department. They These people get in these positions of power, and it's all about retaining fucking power. They don't give a shit about what you need to do your fucking job. They don't give a shit about the damn community that they serve. So many of these people, all they care about is retaining that fucking power. And that's a damn problem. Now, what to do about it, this is what y'all are going to have to fucking do about it, guys. You know, I'm all about, I I don't want to sound like nothing but fucking bitching, but i got to paint a very fucking clear picture for a lot of you to truly understand what we are dealing with. And the reality is, how you solve that fucking problem is, yes, you have got to get good at your fucking job. You have to get undoubtedly fucking the top performer at whatever rank you're at if you're in that officer seat then make it where they you're so fucking good operationally they can't take it from you even if you do speak your fucking mind they can't take it from you I'll tell y'all wholeheartedly I've been in the fucking chief's office chief's trying to fucking suspend me because I'm telling him fucking no I'm not doing that I'm not fucking doing that to my crew and he's wanting to suspend me and the battalion chief is sitting there in the room and says chief we need him i gotta have him he's the best captain on this fucking shift i gotta have him i need him operationally there is fucking power in that now will that work at every department no because you may not have a battalion chief that gives a shit of whether your crew or your shift performs you may be dealing with that But if that's the case, then you and you're that captain. Then you need to be looking at what the fuck you need to do to get your ass in that fucking seat. Where now we have a guy that's tactically and operationally sound that's getting into that damn chief spot. That then you can be that voice. Don't you move up there into that spot and start becoming a fucking coward yourself? Because now, oh well, now I got a chief spot. Now I can't lose it. Because then you are fucking part of the problem too. You have you got to fucking earn the spots that y'all have. You got to be solid at them. Now, is there always a learning curve? Yes, there's always something fucking new to learn in every position, every single day. You will never know everything about the spot that you're in, but you could be really fucking solid at the spot that you're in. I've worked for some fucking badass captains that the captains could tell the chief to fuck off. That's the reality. The chiefs knew he had to have them. There is a demand for hardcore, operationally sound fucking firefighters officers and chiefs in this country we gotta fucking have them the chiefs know that i've personally been used for that i've had a chief fucking hire me and bring me over and promise me the fucking world because he knew he needed the credibility of some badass fucking captains so myself and fucking rj captain Nep we went over there to go and do that we get over there Able to build the credibility, able to build the department up. We start building some badass shifts, and then the political fuckery starts, and that individual completely lost their spine and was no longer able to take care of us because then it was his job, and he knew he was not qualified for his spot. He was, he was a one-year firefighter paramedic that became a chief because of political fucking moves. And he never earned his spot. So then, when the fire department needs that chief to step up and do what's right by the men and women there, they don't have the ability to do it. Because then guess what? It's right down the same old fucking train. Well, I got a wife and kids. I can't afford to lose my job. I've only been here for now two fucking years. So I got 18 years left before I can even draw my pension. So you see the levels of this? It's irresponsibility on being able to perform your task at whatever role you're at. Whether it's firefighting up, it's irresponsibility in your finances, you're living outside your fucking means, which is, is very easy to do right now. I mean, I'll be completely fucking honest with y'all. Right now, it's fucking tight at my house. Why? Because shit costs so fucking much, and we're paying 75 cents on the dollar in fucking taxes. You know, when I got hit this month. I had to buy a set of fucking tires. The taxes on the property uh, is going up January 1, so I've had to work a lot, so I can prep for that. When the taxes on your property double, and you don't know that it's coming, and oh, shit, well, okay, January 1, I just increased, I got to pay an extra $2,500 right after fucking two kids' birthdays and a Christmas, yeah, I'm working some overtime, working at my other job. That's the shit that you do. That's responsible shit. You go and handle your fucking shit, guys. I'm here to tell y'all and what a lot of you appeal that you're going to have to fucking swallow. It's hard to do. It's so hard to do and I see so many of you that that are having trouble with it but this is the fucking reality of the world that we live in. Guys, there's other jobs besides the fucking fire department. There's other jobs besides the fucking fire department. You can provide for your wife and kids Working another fucking job. If you are the man that you say that you are. And you are the father and the husband. Or the fucking wife that you say that you are. Then it does not matter where that fucking paycheck comes from. As long as there is one coming in. It does not matter how hard you have to fucking work. If you got to get your ass out there and mow fucking yards. Or you got to get your ass out there and change fucking oil. If you really care about providing for your wife and kids. The way so many of you like to throw that out there, then it does not matter where that fucking check is coming from. Because i tell you on your check, when that direct deposit hits, it doesn't say blah, 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 district chief, blah, 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 captain, blah, 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 fire department fucking whatevers. It doesn't fucking say that. You have your name and a fucking number, and then underneath your name has some fucking little shit where the number is wrote out in long English. That's what your check says. So does it really make two shits when that fucking direct deposit comes in of where the fuck it came from as long as your family's eating? There's a million goddamn jobs out there, guys. There's a million. Everybody in this country's fucking hired. No, it's not glamorous. No, you're not wearing a badge on your chest. No, you don't get the fucking discount at Chick-fil-A. But you're still earning an income that provides for your family. And that's the hard pill that most of you need to swallow. I've done it. I... Completely accept that. That the decisions that I make throughout my life, if I hold true to who I am, then the Lord will open fucking windows and doors that I need open to provide that income to keep our bills paid. Now you ain't got to fucking believe that, but you got to fucking believe that. If you make, you ain't even got to be religious. But I'm here to tell you if you make good decisions and you put good out into the world, then good is going to come back to you. That's just the laws of the fucking universe. No matter what religion you are, no matter if you're whatever, yin and yang, good and evil, everything bounces the fuck out. And if you're putting good out, you get good back. So if you're doing the honest and truthful and integrity driven, honor driven thing, in your fire stations and in your department and in your fucking positions, then if it costs you your job, another one will open. Maybe an even better one. One of my closest friends right now, he's no longer in the fire service right now, but he was at the point where he was living check to check and all that shit, just like the fucking rest of us. Now he had an opportunity through his brother-in-law. He's making fucking insane amounts of money, like uh, $30,000, $35,000 a month. He ain't worried about paying his damn house note and car note right now. It's there. Yes, does he miss the fire service? Absolutely he does. Does he miss the brotherhood? Absolutely he does. But he's still providing until another opportunity at another department where their morals and, and operations and everything align with what he believes in. He has that option and every single one of you will too. I have other friends of mine. You know, they're no longer in the fire department. They need to get a job. They went to work at a hospital as an ERTEP because we're EMTs or paramedics. So they were able to get a, a position. And honestly, a lot of them are happier doing that. They're still getting to do the emergency shit. They're still getting to do, you know, the the taking care of the community aspect of it, all the, the things that y'all claim to be in this job for because you care about the community and you want to have the brotherhood and you want to have this and you want to have that. All that service shit that every single one of you claims that you're in this job for you can get that somewhere else if you absolutely have to. So that goes back to if that's not truly what you're into, if you can't be happy and go ride a fucking ambulance for a little while at one of these agencies that's paying out the ass right now because there's not enough medics and shit to make ends meet Till you find another fire department that's driven with integrity and honor, then all the reality to it is is you're wanting to play that fucking Game of Thrones of the fire department. That is the pill that you all need to fucking swallow. If you're not willing to go do another job that's going to be healthier for you, provide the income that you're claiming that you need, then it's because you want to be involved in all that bullshit and fuckery. So you need to think about that. Every single one of you need to think about that. That's the hard fucking reality. There's other jobs out there that will provide you with what you need if you put good out, if you take care of the people next to you. But if you're caught up in the game, you are going to end up out there on your fucking ass with nothing because I'm here to tell you the other aspect of that, what so many people have to learn the hard way, is whenever you screw people over, to get the positions that you think you deserve. All those people that you screwed over, they're going to work somewhere else. They're going to put your name out. Your reputation is then going to be he's a piece of shit and he's willing to screw people over, she's willing to screw people over. They do this, they do that. They don't take care of their people. We don't want them. So now when you finally do either piss that chief off that you're trying to play the Game of Thrones with, or a new chief comes in and sees straight through you because they hire somebody like me and I come in and clean fucking house with all these people that want to play Game of Thrones, you ain't getting another damn job then because you bet your career on playing a fucking game instead of doing what you needed to do to be solid at your position and earning your positions and your titles and your ranks. Now your ass is out there sitting on your fucking ass with nothing. So guys, that's where we're at. Welcome back. <laughs> uh, I told you I was fired up, but I just I started seeing all this articles about my old department and all the things changing and this, that, and the other, and guys reaching out to me and telling me this story and that story about everything that's happened over the last year of the changing of hands going on there, and I'm just like, what the fuck? And you know, so many. I heard that. I heard that from everybody. Well, I can't do this because. I have a wife and kids at home. I got bills. I got this. I got that. And I'm like, fuck guys, I do too. I have younger kids than y'all do. I have bigger bills than y'all do. And honestly, it was I just got left out in the fucking cold. And so many of them have since lost their jobs, lost their positions. Now that the hostile takeover has come on, you know, every single one of them is on probation. So, you know, now they're all worried to death about their positions. Can I keep this spot? Did I earn this spot? Am I qualified for this spot? Well, the reality is if you have to ask yourself those questions, then you're probably not. That's just the reality. Now, do you need to earn your spot every day? Yes, every day. You never reach a point where you you no longer are going to learn. You never reach a point where you're no longer going to be able to advance. But when you're truly solid in the position that you hold, nobody can take it from you. That's just the reality. Nobody could take it from you. Whenever you earn the respect of those around you that work for you and beside you, they can never take that away from you. I still have guys 10 years ago, not quite 10, eight years ago, that still address me as captain. And I'm like, well, I'm not a captain anymore. And they say, well, you always are to me. You're always my captain. And yeah, that's cliche. But I've said before on the show, you know, as a kid, the uh, the guys that were my coaches, whether it's baseball, football, basketball, all the sports that I played. When I see them in town, I have they haven't been my coach in 25 years, and I still address them as coach. My high school coaches still call them coach. They made that impact on me, so they will always be a coach to me. And it's the same thing. But I guarantee you, if you're one of these people that are in these positions of power, and you're not earning whatever rank that you hold, you're not earning – that position that you hold and the guys don't respect, they're going to call you by your first fucking name they see in town. Hey, such and such. It's not chief. You know, after I'm talking about after they're no longer working for you and you're no longer holding their job over their head and all that shit, they're going to call you like I do. I mean, I straight up, I do. Some of these chiefs that I work for, I wouldn't call them fucking chief. I saw them in Walmart. I'm not calling them a chief. They didn't earn that. They weren't a chief. I'm going I'm to middle name them. Even though they're 30 years older than me, I'm going to, uh, Either middle, first and middle name them or whatever. They're, I'm going to address them by their name because they're, they're not shit. That's just the reality. How many of you do that? That's a fact. When you earn your position to those of you around you, you will always have that. And you don't have to go down the anxiety train and the depression train and the possible suicide train. You won't be on that set of tracks because you know that you're solid in where you stand you know that you're solid in what you can do. So you don't have to the need for the the stress and the anxiety and all that kind of bullshit. So that's my words of wisdom for the night. I've got uh several other shows that I'm about to record. And uh, over the next couple of days, while I'm off with the with the kids for Thanksgiving, so I can start getting caught back up. I know a lot of you were were looking for shows and like, hey, what's up? Mother? I'm I'm not shutting down. I'm not going fucking anywhere. We're still right here. Um, still getting tons of support. I'm not getting any negativity. Nobody can really deny what we believe in on this show. Nobody can deny it. People don't have to like it. People can feel attacked. People can feel guilty. But that's why I'm not naming any names. You know, they teach us in after action reports when you come back to the station and shit went wrong or whatever, you don't specifically single anybody out and say, hey, Heath, you fucking threw the ladder on the wrong side of the building. You don't do that, right? We don't single. We say, hey, we need to pay more attention to where we're laddering buildings. We need to pay more attention to this operation or that operation. And that way everybody collectively understands and takes it as a lesson. You're not feeling completely fucking attacked like the whole after action or the debriefing was specifically signaling you out. So that's what I do on this show. I'm putting it out. If you feel guilty about anything that I'm saying, then you need to go look in the mirror. You need to readdress and reevaluate what you're doing, the actions that you're taking, the things that you're saying. If you feel guilty, then you probably are guilty. But just know... Other people see it. Other people recognize it as an issue. Other people want it addressed and want it fixed. People's careers are betting on your actions. People's lives are betting on on your actions. People's families are betting on your actions. One thing that's lost, very much so in the fire service today, I'm actually very fortunate to be at a department currently actually recognizes this from the top down they do recognize this when you hire an individual you're hiring their family whether you're hiring you know man woman whatever if they're married and they have kids while they're on shift the spouse is holding down the fort the spouse is taking care of the kids the spouse has that rela- uh, that responsibility while you're there taking care of the community and doing your job But that's a very lost concept on so many fire departments. They don't give a fuck. They don't even, that's not even in their realm of thinking. They are so consumed in the Game of Thrones of keeping their job, keeping their reign, keeping their crown, that they can't even handle the thought, or like I said earlier, they're a fucking psychopath that they don't care that there's a husband and kids or a wife and kids of yours at home because that's not a consequence to them. They don't give a shit. They literally have no remorse at all for consequences that may affect those people. That's the reality. We have those in the fire service. All they care about is retaining the power. So if you're at one of those departments, I encourage you, get solid at your position. Know that they can't take your position away. If you see no fucking out in where the direction of your department is headed, we've had some listeners of this show that have gone to other departments because they see it so infested and so toxic from the captains up that even if they promoted trying to be to do the right thing, they would be so outnumbered and their life would be so fucking miserable. That's a reality to it as well. You may be at a department that's too fucking toxic, that the direction is so shitty that they're just gonna have to let Karma catch them. And it does. It does. Just like some of our listeners from the East Coast. The accountability train is riding fucking hard in their department. The chief has the citizens, lawyers. Major community members, everything on his fucking ass right now. And he can't do anything right by them. They're, they are literally going to shut down that department. They are going to dissolve that tax district, shut down that department, and those individuals will be covered by the current mutual aid department will then absorb that district. That's, that is what's happening. They just have to go through the legal means to get it done. It happens. But you have to let it expose itself. You have to... Combat it and be willing that when that time comes to say the fucking truth. Yes, this is happening. Yes, these are the concerns. Yes, these are the issues that we're facing. Don't just hide in the corner and expect for William Wallace to ride in and get fucking beheaded and quartered for you. You're in a position where you say that you're willing to die for the citizens and you say that you're willing to die for your brothers and sisters to the right and left of you on that truck. Don't get quiet and sit in the fucking corner and be a damn coward and say, well, I got a wife and kids at home. You don't deserve to be in this position or in this career if you're that guy or you're that girl. That's the bottom line. All you're trying to do is play the Game of Thrones of the fire department. Scheming, trying to get positions, trying to move up and get power that you flat ass don't deserve. That's the reality. All right, guys. We all continue to show our sponsors the love. I talked a lot about the uh, you know, Third Alarm Cowboys cigars at the beginning of this show, so I'm not going to get into that. Um, definitely, definitely, definitely. I haven't talked about it in a little bit. Um, several of you I've seen, uh, you know, you've gone on to firstforum.com uh, slash cowboys, You've gone, you've ordered proteins, you've ordered energy drinks. Um, some guys have ordered fat burners. I've seen all that, and I'm greatly appreciative of all that. Continue to please go to firstforum.com. Support them. I'll get into some more nutritional education and fitness education on the next episode. But I talk so much about the cigars, I don't want to bombard y'all with stuff. But just know, First Form, amazing company. Uh, bottom line, the top, uh, one of the top nutritional supplement companies in the world. Hands down, whether it's their business model, their culture, their products themselves. They they are One of the absolute best, if not the best. In my opinion, and all the experience that I have of lots of different brands, they're the best. When it comes to flavors, uh, when it comes to actual results, they are the best. Um, And overall, I completely support their company. They support us and our mission with the Third Alarm Cowboys. So it's another just great brand name that's out there that aligns with what we're doing here, believes in what we're doing here. Um, Andy Frisella that owns First Form runs First Form. he also has The Real AF Podcast guys if y'all like me giving you the truth about the fire service Andy's giving the truth about the real fucking world and he he absolutely no sugar coating no bullshit he doesn't owe anybody a fucking thing He's built his shit up from the ground up just like what we're doing and that's why we're able to align and whenever I talk to his corporate office when I talk to his team and I tell them, you know, the things that I'm putting out they're like, "Absolutely, man. We're seeing that on a national level. That's the problems that we're combating on a national level and in business. And yeah, we completely see it in the fire service. It makes it just makes perfectly logical sense because that's the culture right now. So, you know, they're combating things at a much larger level that I can't do. But what I can't handle is the firefighter community because y'all are my guys. So we're aligned. Y'all just go show them love just as much as you've shown me because we ha- you're going to have to get to the point where you're supporting companies in this country that are doing the right business, believing in, in the actual American way, and not all this craziness. Every single one of y'all is seeing it. Every single one of y'all is seeing it. Your damn pocketbook is sure as shit seeing it. We have corrupt fucks playing the Game of Thrones at the worldwide level, the federal level, the state level, and the local levels. Y'all are all seeing it, and it's no different than the fire service. So y'all are going to have to start supporting. Quit going and buying your shit that you need. If there's a firefighter-owned business out there that provides that same product that you're getting from whatever.com, Buy it from that firefighter. You, you you want to preach brotherhood? That's real brotherhood. Support the men and women out there that are that are trying to do the right thing and do businesses that are pro because we pay fucking taxes, guys. Those big major dot coms and shit that their buddies and all their other fucking people are all up in legislation and they're paying. That's what so many people don't understand. The, the Jeff Bezoses and all that shit. The reason why Amazon is as big as it is is because the first 20 years of business, the entire damn internet sales that model that he was able to use, he didn't pay fucking taxes. That's why those products were cheaper. There was no legislation that was forcing the level of taxes on those internet style companies like there is on the mom and pop brick and mortar local guys like me like Andy Frasella that owns First Form, like all these other companies that are out here that are firefighter-owned businesses that are selling leather products, you know the shields, all that stuff. Man, we're all having to pay the fucking local taxes, state taxes, fucking federal taxes, all that shit. Americans as a whole, including you firefighters are going to have to start supporting the businesses that actually keep this damn country afloat and actually pay. You hear all the time, well, I pay your salary because you're a public servant. Those people don't. Those big corporations don't. We do. The local guys do. The roofing companies out there. The lawn mowing companies out there. The hardware stores, the welders, all these businesses that y'all see right in your face, whether they're firefighter owned or their people on Facebook that you know, those are the people that actually are paying your salary. So you're going to have to start supporting them. So, you know, with that, support us. Y'all are already doing it. You're doing it with your, you know, your presence, you're doing it with your listens and you're doing it with your time, but I ask you to also do it with your dollars. Support companies like mine. Support other firefighters like mine with your dollars. That's what keeps this country and keeps this shit afloat. Bottom line. That's just the reality. So, guys, that's my soapbox for the night. Some of y'all probably going to have to go look in the mirror tonight. Probably pissed a lot of you off. Some of you may fucking hate me. Whatever, but I bet you'll come and listen to the next episode because you're going to know what else i got to say. So we'll see y'all in the next one. Try to lose my way, but well, I won't stumble. Put you right back in your place, just like a like Wayland said. I'll